Hello everyone and welcome to today's podcast. I hope you're feeling positive now that the lighter nights are here, along with the signs of spring and new life all around us. This podcast is due to go out on Palm Sunday and I've always loved that day. In fact, I still have a palm cross I was given many years ago. I find it so easy to visualise the scenes of Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, surrounded by the crowds waving their palm branches and shouting those well-known words from Psalm 118 verses 25 and 26. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Speaking for myself, I know that over the next few days leading up to Easter, I will be reading again the Gospel accounts of the events of that week, the things that Jesus did, the parables he told, and the teaching he gave to his followers. But I want to fast forward to the Thursday of that week, and more particularly to the Thursday evening and the events in the upper room. Jesus was to share the Passover, or Last Supper as we refer to it, with his disciples. The following day, Good Friday, was the first day of the Feast of the Passover. As the Jewish day starts and ends at sunset, this story is set at the very beginning of that day. It's a story I'm sure we're all very familiar with, and it appears in each of the four Gospels. Mark 14 verses 13 to 16 tells us how Jesus instructed two of his disciples to go into the city locate a man carrying a water jar and ask him for the guest room where he may eat the Passover with his disciples. These two disciples would have no problem identifying this man because fetching the water would normally be done by the women so a man carrying a water jar would be an unusual sight. Once this was done and the Passover meal prepared, when sunset came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. It's two particular men from among this twelve that I would like us to think about. Judas and Peter. Both called by Jesus, but so very different and with a very different outcome to their lives. As we shall see, Judas came out of these events into darkness and Peter into light. Let's think first about Judas. What do we know of him? Actually, we know very little. His name Judas was a common name, the Greek spelling of the name Judah meaning praise. He came from the village of Kerioth. He was the son of Simon Iscariot, and the name Iscariot distinguishes him from others named Judas in Scripture. He was named among the twelve apostles whom Jesus chose, but there's no record or account of his call. He's just named in the list of the twelve. In any list of the twelve disciples, he was known as Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Matthew 10 verse 4, Mark 3 verse 19, Luke 6 verse 16 tells us this. We can assume that he studied and travelled with Jesus for the three years of his ministry. 
We know he was commissioned along with the other disciples to go out and be a preacher, healer of the sick and to cast out demons. And it was he, rather than Matthew the tax collector, who was made treasurer of the group by Jesus himself. However, Judas stole money from the group. John 12 verse 6 tells us he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus knew exactly who Judas was and what he was about because he said these words of him. John 6 verses 70 and 71 Have I not chosen you the twelve? Yet one of you is a devil. He meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, who, though one of the twelve, was later to betray him. And this is perhaps what we know him best for, the fact that he betrayed Jesus and betrayed him for money. Matthew 26 verses 14 to 16 reads, Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas's carrier, went to the chief priests and asked, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? So they counted out for him thirty silver coins. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Let's think next about Peter, or Simon Peter as he's often called, the other player in today's thoughts. Scripture tells us so much more about him. It's probably possible to do a whole series on Peter, but I'll just pick out a few things today. He's not just named in the list of the twelve, but we know how he was called. Matthew 4 verses 18 to 20 tells us that he was fishing on the Sea of Galilee, along with his brother Andrew, when Jesus called him to be a fisher of men. We know he was a skilled fisherman, but probably today we would say he was a little bit rough around the edges. He was a man of contrasts the one that Jesus said would be a rock on which the church was built, but also said, Get thee behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. Matthew 16, verse 23. We know that along with James and John, Peter was part of the inner circle of the twelve. He was there at the raising of Jairus' daughter. Mark 5, verse 37. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James and John. He accompanied Jesus to the Mount of Transfiguration. Matthew 17 verse 1 says, After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James and John and led them up to a high mountain by themselves. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Matthew 26 verse 36 reads, He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee with him. Peter was the one who ran with John, the disciple Jesus loved, to the empty tomb on the resurrection morning. We read of it in John 20. We see him as outspoken, the spokesman for the disciples. When the disciples wanted to know something, it was always Peter who asked the questions. Matthew 15, verse 15, he says, Explain the parables to us. Matthew 19, verse 27, he says, We have left everything to follow you. 
what then will there be for us? He made that confession in Matthew 6.16. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Of Jesus' death he spoke passionately. Matthew 16 verse 22. Never, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But let's move back to the upper room in that Thursday evening. We read of this in Matthew 26, Mark 14, Luke 22 and John 13. While they were eating at the table, Jesus told his disciples that one of them who had dipped his hand in the bowl with him would betray him. Judas played the innocent by asking, surely not I? Only to be told, yes, it is you. John tells us that as soon as he had taken the bread, Judas slipped out into the night. Following the departure of Judas from the upper room, Jesus told his disciples about his forthcoming death and gave them a new commandment. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And then Jesus continued by predicting Peter's denial. In John 13 verse 38, Jesus asks Peter, Will you really lay down your life for me? I tell you the truth. Before the cock crows, you will disown me three times. What follows is so familiar to us. Jesus took the eleven disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane, a place they would know well. After praying and addressing them, along came Judas with a large crowd armed with swords and clubs. He identified Jesus with a prearranged signal a kiss of betrayal, and Jesus was arrested. Peter, always so quick to respond, sprang into action, drawing his sword and cutting off the ear of the high priest's servant. But the very next day we know that the Lord's prophecy was fulfilled as Peter disowned Jesus and denied even knowing him when confronted by those in the courtyard. But what was the outcome of these events for both Judas and Peter? We read that Judas tried to give back the money, probably feeling remorseful or sorry for what he'd done, saying, I have sinned, for I have betrayed innocent blood. Matthew 27 verse 4. Although Judas attempted to undo what he'd done, we never read of him seeking the Lord's forgiveness. He didn't acknowledge the Lordship of Christ, but sought other ways to cope with his guilt rather than asking for forgiveness, forgiveness from the only one who could deliver it. And from there Judas went out and hanged himself. But what of Peter? In Luke chapter 22 verses 31 and 32, following his denial of Christ, we read that when the cock crowed, Peter remembered the words of Jesus and wept. Were these the godly tears of repentance, tears that lead to salvation and leave no regret, as we read of in 2 Corinthians 7 verse 10? While repentance includes sorrow and regret, repentance is a complete change of direction 
a 180 degree turn towards God. The New Testament Greek word means turn around, turning in repentance and faith towards God, which leads to salvation. We know that after Christ's resurrection appearance to the disciples by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus reinstated Peter and commissioned him to feed the lambs and the sheep. Peter then went on to play a vital role in the early church. At the Last Supper, Jesus had said these words to Peter. In Luke 22, verses 31 and 2, he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. If we look at the account of the early church in Acts 2, 3 and 4, we read of Peter preaching at Pentecost, calling people to repent with 3,000 being saved, healing the cripple at the gate beautiful, and being filled with the Holy Spirit as he spoke before the Sanhedrin. Peter became a strong leader in the church, just as Jesus had said in Matthew 16, verses 17 to 20. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock will I build my church. Peter left a legacy as a respected church leader. However, we know that Judas would always be defined by his agreement to betray Jesus Christ. Judas would be remembered as a treasurer, thief, and most of all, traitor. He was a son of perdition, totally lost, eternally damned, doomed to hell, and trapped in unrepentant sin. So as we draw our thoughts to a close, maybe just think about these things. Both Judas and Peter had spent three years with Jesus listening to him and learning from him. Both were counted among the twelve, yet their outcomes were so diametrically opposed. Even after three years of witnessing Jesus freely offering forgiveness, Judas still didn't ask for it. The Lord loved Judas just like any other, even though he knew he would betray him. He didn't stop him because it was part of God's plan for redemption. Charles Swindle, the American theologian, wrote, Strange as it may seem, Judas's worst act of wickedness helped to bring about the best thing that ever happened, the atonement. Maybe look upon Corinthians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. Jesus loved Peter in just the same way, even though he knew he would deny him. But God had permitted this denial and Peter didn't fall away completely. Christ is on the throne, ordering events according to his sovereign will. Judas went out into the darkness of the night, Peter into the brightness of the day. Deliverance came through Calvary. Deliverance came for Peter, but not for Judas. God still provides support and help and a way of deliverance through situations into which he places us. After darkness, there is light. After trouble, there is peace. Thank you for listening. Be blessed this week as we move towards the wonderful events of Easter.